My name is Tanner, and Black Lives Matter. My name is TJ, and Black Lives Always Matter. And this is Views Views from from the 615. 615. Wow, that sounded very... Wow. Very, like, nurturing. Well, this is a nurturing episode. It is, and you know, I want to start off with everything saying that... um, this episode is going to we've we've had one before already where yeah. the episode that we've had is very very tough. I want to preface everything before we kind of get into the meat of everything is mm-hmm. understand that everything that we're sharing in this episode is completely from our perspective and our viewpoint and our heart. And I want everyone to understand that like this is not the only viewpoint of the situations that we'll talk about here today. You're just getting the viewpoints from two black men. Yeah. There you go. And um, who are from the South. Yeah. Definitely from the South. And um, it's become very tiring, but we as podcasters know that this is something that we are, when we started the show, we wanted to be able to have a platform to talk about things like this and so it would be crazy it would be a disservice to ourselves and our listeners to not have a conversation regarding everything that is happening right now in in the world specifically in the country of the united states as you guys know but we're going to get into everything here in just a little bit I think a good way to kind of like start everything off is talking about Christian Cooper for a lot of folks, for a lot of folks that may have forgotten about the story or did not hear about it due to just, again, the overwhelming amount of news that's coming out right now. Christian Cooper is an avid bird watcher in New York. He frequents Central Park all the time, and he also is a comic book illustrator, Mm -hmm. and he's worked with Marvel. He's very educated. And he's, you know, a very great asset to the community. Which we shouldn't even have to say that. Correct. I was going to say, I, mean, going I, hate that, this, yeah. I hate that we have I to even preface right. uh, with that sort of thing. But, yeah, Christian went out one morning very early, around yep. 6, 7 in the morning in Central yep. Park, to do some bird watching because that's a hobby of his. Mm-hmm. He's done it since he was young. And he loves to do it. And um, in the park, there are signs posted Pretty much everywhere, right? Stating that dogs are supposed to be put on leashes in a certain area of the park. So that means, again, your dog is supposed to be on a leash. Just wanted to clear the air on that. So as Christian is doing some bird watching in the morning, he does notice that one of the people in the park, whose name is Amy. Cooper. I almost called her Karen Cooper, but her name is Amy Cooper. Her name is Amy Cooper. And so Amy is a bird watcher, or I'm sorry, she's not a bird watcher, but she is a park goer. And she also was approached by Christian and he wanted to let her know in case she didn't read the signs or whatever, that, hey, just so you know, the dog is supposed to actually be on a leash. She didn't like that because the next thing she did was basically threaten him mm-hmm. by calling the police. But mm-hmm. what led to her calling the police is she didn't like being told what to do by a black man. And the reason 
why I'm saying that is because when she was talking to Christian Cooper, she literally said to him, I'm going to call the cops on you and I'm going to tell them that it's an African-American man harassing me. Mm -hmm. Now, you're saying this, you're walking up to him saying this. You already know what's going on in America. You know what's going on in America. The fact that you said it not once, but she said it again in the video while nearly trying to choke her damn dog. Yes, the dog was still, because she at that point did put the dog on a leash. And Christian explains in other interviews, I know he was on The View recently, he explains on his side of everything where he carries dog treats on him, Mm -hmm. so that way if he does encounter a dog, he can like distract it with a treat um, in order for the owner to hopefully get it on a leash because that's something as bird watchers are used to kind of like letting people know because there are a lot of dog owners out there who are like, oh no, the dog can just roam freely and the bird watchers have to remind them because the reason that they ask for those signs to be, or the reason that those signs are posted Mm -hmm. is so the dogs are not disturbing the area for the birds because sometimes the dogs can disrupt the soil that is like very important for these Mm -hmm. certain types of birds that live in the Central Park area. Area. And not only that, there are certain dogs that catch birds for mm-hmm. hobbies, for sports. So, yeah. you know, your dog needs to be on a leash. That's what we're saying. And, you know, like TJ was saying, Christian was explaining to the woman that she needed to put the dog on a leash. Mm-hmm. She didn't really want to do that. And so he decided to record cell phone video yes. of Amy, like, not doing it. And he was explaining, okay, well, like, if you're going to do what you want to do, I'm going to do what I want to do. Exactly. And once she heard that, she, I guess, immediately thought that he was trying to harass or threaten her. And so she explained, please stop recording me. Stop recording me. I don't I don't comply to this. Mm-hmm. And then she said, I'm going to call the police and tell them an African-American man is threatening me. See, that, that right there... You, you're telling this man this because you know what's going on in America. Mm-hmm. And whatever. If you ask me, I don't feel sorry for Amy Cooper. I really don't. But continue. She is falling onto the safety net that she has been granted to rely on police presence to then disrupt a unarmed black man to handle him. Exactly. Essentially. Uh, to get rid of her inconvenience for not letting the dog be without a leash in the park. It's very mind-boggling to see that there are people in America right now that are, like, resorting to getting police to go and get rid of their inconveniences as if they are not also living humans and people who have family and friends and people that care about them. And so... That is something that has been unfortunate, um, that has happened. Thankfully, with the cell phone video, they've been able to talk about why this is not appropriate. And of course, like Christian Cooper told her that, you know, this is not what's going to happen and ended up being able to accept her apology that she did give Christian later on because she obviously lost her job because of this because the video went viral. Um, she actually, yes, she did. She lost her job. Amy Cooper lost her job from Franklin Templeton. That is the name of her business. Well, not her business, but her job. Because she was a VP there, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Um, where she managed the investment firm's insurance portfolio. So basically, Miss Amy Cooper leveraged her job mm-hmm. and everything that she, social media, 
to try to get a black man either shot, beat up, or thrown in jail. For what? Because she didn't want to have her dog on a leash. Because it was an inconvenience to her. We've seen this time and time again, guys. And it's getting to the point where, well, right now we're in a fucking revolution right now. So, I mean, it's like, again, people, mind your business, okay? If someone is asking you, and the fact that he asked her to put her dog on a leash, that shouldn't have been a problem. It should not have been like he was asking too much. Like that was. I, I mean, that was just, it was overboard. Yeah. And I just don't understand why people feel like they're being inconvenienced or they can't be told what to do because of someone's skin color. I just don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. But guess what? Enough with the fucking disrespect. Yeah. And so thankfully, Christian Cooper did not have any police presence. He is alive and well. Yes. So that that is a bit of good news out of this story here. And then, yeah, I want to um, hear in just a second transition into a different part of the episode, which is uh, not going to be as uh, cheerful and hopeful, but a necessary conversation to have. So I know with everything that is going on right now, we want to take the time to give appropriate time to discuss just everything that's happening right now. You know, we think about the impact that George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery, like with the three of those people being in the headlines almost daily now, with what happened to those three alone has caused a, a nation to be embarrassed and ashamed of the acts of people that live with and around us. You know, I have really grown tired that we have to continuously bring up why people of color are worthy of living. You know, in a bit of transparency, we were recording the show a week or two ago, or about a week ago, and we actually had to stop um, recording when we were at this segment because at the time, There were protests going on here in Nashville, and things got very uh, dangerous. This is one of the very scary, and there was a curfew that was given to us, and we immediately needed to kind of just go home and be safe so we wouldn't get caught up. Because in all reality, the last thing that we want to do in this age and time is to get stopped by a police officer. Exactly. It's a song that we know all too well where we hear the pain and sorrow from individuals and in today's times we are on one side fortunate that we have technology that can now show evidence of this happening but it also is the sad reality that this is the only thing that saves us. Unless those videos would have been kept to themselves, we wouldn't know anything about George Floyd. We wouldn't know anything about Ahmaud Arbery. We wouldn't know anything about Breonna. Like, we wouldn't know any of that stuff if it were not for people being brave enough to speak out and share that information. You know, it's it's allowed me to sit back and reflect on 
who I am as a person and my individuality and my like identity as a person of color. I've mentioned this before, but like I was raised by a predominantly white family. And so it was hard for me at first to kind of come to one in my blackness. And it's unfortunate that it took me so long to understand that like that is a part of who I am and I can't get away from that. That's who I am. That's who I will always be. That is just a part of me and that's fine. But I can't sit aside and let people that look like me or people that are darker than me, people who believe in the same ideas as me, I'm not going to allow those people not to be cared for or respected by anybody. I need everyone that's listening to understand that the generation that we are in now, I am very, very, very encouraged by. We have an enormous opportunity and a heart filled of hope that we can at least make some sort of change with this. Notice that I say change, not end, because in all reality, I'm not sure that this sort of thing is going to end anytime soon, but there are things that we can do to make some sort of change happen now. There are far too many people that are experiencing this type of thing that are not getting recognition as well. And that is the harsh reality of the situation, but it is a thing that happens. And so for anyone that's listening that is in an area of, of privilege or if you are a white listener, I encourage you to step in your privilege and speak out. What I mean by that is not remaining silent when things like this arise. And again, this brings me back to my point as to why I'm encouraged by our generation, because I have had friends personally reach out to me and say, you know, for a while, I did not know how to do this. And instead of coming to you for you to teach me, like, I know there are things that I have to do on my own to learn. And There are people that are out there who are deciding to go protest or decide to go get involved and donate money and and give to local causes. And I'm encouraged and I'm thankful for you people, but also understand that we need you as much as you need us. You have got an enormous chance to step out and speak for those of us who can't speak for ourselves or who don't get an area to be heard. So find opportunities to speak out and speak for those who can't speak for themselves, especially during this time. And understand that this is a movement and not a a moment. This is something that is, again, going to continuously happen, and we're asking you to continue showing up. Yeah. You've got to keep showing up. This is not a one-stop shop. You can't just say, "Okay, I donated one time, I'm good," or "I went to one protest, that's it." Like, you've got you've got to show your support by continuously doing these sorts of things. When you see injustice, you need to speak up. For me, being raised with a black dad and a black mom, I got I mean, my family is huge. My dad's family's huge. My mom's family's huge. Living in a community where it was predominantly white 
and I was probably one of 20 black kids in my elementary school, it was a real shock to just understand like, why am I color, like why am I black? Because for a long time, I, I tell you, up until middle school, I didn't like being black. Yeah. And I thought it was something that, because you see in the media, you see, you see on the media how they portray black people, how they portray people of color, thugs, criminals. Oh, he's up to no good. Oh, he probably did it. And that's what I was seeing in the media. Now, on the other hand, with my family... They're the ones who saved me and made me realize that black is beautiful. Mm. And without them, I don't I don't think with without my family as being a strong foothold for me, I don't think I would have been the same teacher I am now. Because getting into middle school, going into high school, I started to understand that being black is something I should be proud of. Mm-hmm. And especially going going into college, I was like, oh no, I'm black. I'm black, you know, and with that being black and proud, it also comes, it's fun, but it's also dangerous. Mm -hmm. And the last time I got stopped by a cop was a year ago. It was the 4th of July. So almost a year ago, it was 4th of July. I'll never forget. Um, Heading into work, police officer stopped me and he asked me, because, you know, I had just got my new car Mm -hmm. and he had asked me, whose car is this? And I said, it's mine, officer. He goes, Okay, can I see your license and registration? I said, yeah. He goes, all right, well, just be careful. I said, okay. And at the time, another situation had happened like that. And I just felt like, you know, my mom and dad, has they've always taught me, you know, listen to the officer, you know, don't do anything crazy. And this is what I've been taught all my life. You know, don't do anything uh, crazy with the officer. So I reached in, got my license and registration, showed it to him. He goes, oh, okay, well, there was a, a parent uh, stolen car, and your car fit the description. Here's the thing, and I'm going to be real raw with y'all. A lot of cops that say that usually are saying that because they didn't think you could afford that car, or you're not supposed to be in that car, or it just you just look suspicious. And it's a hard thing to say, but you ask how many black men have been pulled over and asked to see their license and registration. It gets to a point where when I seen that video of George Floyd, I'll tell you the truth, I literally had to take a whole week and a half to get myself together. It was hard. It was, I was emotional. I was, I felt like I was on a roller coaster with emotions because I can't understand why this keeps happening and happening. But what will I, what I will say is that the generation our generation and the generation behind us, I have faith in us because what we've done, 50 states and 18 countries Mm -hmm. with the protest, I mean, that's crazy. This is the biggest civil rights movement in history. And I am, even though this is a sad moment and it ended for, you know, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmaud Arbery, they created a revolution. Yeah. You see it, you see it by the thousands. And I am so thankful to be here witnessing it. Yeah. So to the people that, the non-people of color, 
that are scared to speak out, that are scared to say something. Don't be afraid. If you have a person of color that is a friend or a black friend or have a conversation, start there. Have a conversation with them if you are scared to speak out. If, if you don't, you can always donate. But for me, I would love for you guys to speak out, speak up when you see an injustice, when you see someone, you know, being racially insensitive, speak up. And this would go for people, and this is, you know, I'm not trying to make light of the situation at all, but, like, it's something as simple as, listening to music and having your non-black friends rap along and say the n-word in that song and think that it's okay because the artist said it themselves it's not okay understand that i'm like i myself don't really say that word just because i know the power that it has and even though other people have found power in using that word like that is fine i just know i don't i don't do that there's really not a uh, a right or wrong way to use it, I guess you could say, when it comes to people who are black. Mm-hmm. But it comes to the point of understanding that you are in a position and an understanding of the power behind that word. But then also, what you do or don't do also says a lot about you. If you want to continuously act as if nothing is happening and there's no outcry of justice for people who have been senselessly killed by the police. Understand that people see that. Understand that your silence is a lot louder than you think it is. Mm -hmm. And understand that we're not forcing you into something you don't want to do, but also... When you use our culture, that's a problem. When you use rap videos, songs, etc., when you want to go to fish fries and cookouts and all of that with your black friends... You got to step up. You got to step up. It's simple as that. You can't sit up there. And I'm just telling you, this is from TJ. You know, I don't know if Tanner agrees, but this is from me. You can't sit up and use black culture and love it and like it and eat our food. And, you know, and then when it comes to people being killed or people being wrongfully accused or people being beat up in the streets that are black or Brown, you're like, oh, I don't know anything about that. I don't, you know, I don't know what to do. Well, if you have a black friend or a brown friend, it's time to have that conversation. And it's mind boggling the fact that like it's taken so long for people to actually step up and say, you know what, I am actually going to speak up now because enough is enough. Like we have friends, both of us have friends that have like really stepped out and said, I don't care what other people say at this point. Like, I know I need to speak up for this because that's the right thing. Hell, Mitt Romney was... <laughs> Mitt Romney, everyone. Literally was protesting. And said Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Understand that with everything that's yeah. happening now, there is change happening, but mm-hmm. we cannot stop where we're at now. We cannot put... We cannot take our foot off the gas pedal. Like, this is... This is amazing. Mm-hmm. I am... Really, really excited for the future. You know, the, the I'm optimistic, but I'm also excited. The mayor of the LA of LA said that he was going to take out budgeting mm-hmm. um, for the LAPD. So, like, they're losing some of their budget. I think it's 150 million. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. like millions of dollars. And then the uh, Minneapolis City Council decided they were going to dismantle the police, <laughs> which is unheard uh, of. Like, understand, you cannot settle for what is 
happening now. Right. Continuously go out there, protest, sign petitions. Mm -hmm. There are tons of ways to get involved. And I just encourage each and every one of you to go out, get involved, donate to these causes, donate to a bail fund. If you're going to protest, please, please, please do it peacefully. I donated to bail funds. It's it's an incredible opportunity. It's an experience. We all know that this is going down in history books. Yeah. You're going to be a part of history at some point. You decide what side you want to be on, though. Ooh, I like that. That is on you. You get to decide what part of history you want to be a part of when your children and grandchildren learn about this in school. Yeah, because it's going to be in the history books. There are so many other things that we can dive into regarding this topic, and I know we will probably do it at another time. Yeah. But for now, I think this is a good time to like breathe. Breathe. I feel like we've gotten a little bit off of our shoulders mm-hmm. here, so it's, I feel a little light now. Yeah. Um, I hope. Feels good. I hope for those of you who are listening who I identify as a person of color or a black individual, like I hope you found this a bit more peaceful and you could like agree with some of our thoughts here. But we'd love to hear uh, your thoughts on this as well. And so definitely feel free to reach out to us on Instagram or Twitter at View615Pod. And you can email us at Views615Pod at gmail.com. That's right. We love it. Guys, again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your support, as always. My name is Tanner. My name is TJ. And this has been Views Views from from the the 615. We out. Views from the 615, hosted by Tanner and TJ. Executive produced by Just Ben and also audio engineered by Summer. Thanks again for listening to Views from from the 615.